after further reveal. What's up, everyone? Welcome to After Further Review, episode 11. We're excited to be here, a big week in sports, and we're going to get right into it. We have the NBA playoffs and already some crazy things happening. Sixers off to a 2-0 start. Knicks got that 1-1. Tommy T playing, uh, playing the Knicks deep into the game and some injuries, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, it's been a crazy first half of the NBA half of a week of NBA playoffs. And we've basically seen just about like everything you can see. Um, I know for my 76ers, Chase, our 76ers, I'm super pumped right now because I mean, Harden had like a perfect game. He had a dud game and we had two games of Embiid being dominant on everything besides scoring, which we're used to him dominating the scoring and we, and we won two games. I mean, I know the Nets don't have a superstar on their team and they're not, like, super talented. But, I mean, we talked about it. They're not, they're not like, a, a nobody. And, and they're competing. And Bridges and Cam Johnson are competing. But 2-0 start, winning both the games we should, I couldn't be happier as a Philly fan. Yeah, I'm surprised a little bit because I think – like we've said, Brooklyn's a scrappy team and they can do a lot. But for the most part, I feel like Doc has actually outcoached, um, you know, Brooklyn in a lot of ways. Like they just have, I, I don't know. I feel like they're attacking Embiid, which is going to be a way that they win, which is going to be a team, which anyway, um, you know, how they beat the Sixers. But yeah, I feel like the Sixers overall, though, are doing pretty well in the series. I feel like they can sweep it in Brooklyn if they keep it up. And, you know, for them, it's a great start for them. Yeah, do you guys think um, Embiid might be saving himself a little bit for that potential Celtics series? I mean, I know they're still winning, and hes it's not like he's been double-teamed a lot, but it feels like he might be saving himself a little, and if they can win while he's doing that, then that's even better for the Sixers. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that's a good point, and Chase can touch on it here too um, because obviously we talked about in the past, it's – Going to the NBA playoffs from the end of the regular season, especially now, most players have like a week off if you don't play in these playing games. It's almost like a buy in the NFL. And the physicality just goes from zero to 100. I wouldn't be surprised if he's kind of taking a back seat a little bit. I mean, Tobias Harris back-to-back 20-point games, which he hasn't done maybe all season. Um, other guys are stepping up. Paul Reed is destroying off the bench. The Nets have a small lineup. It's perfect matchups for Paul Reed, who's a smaller center himself. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think he's going to try to save himself as much as he can because it's going to be super physical against Boston. You know, they're definitely going to go at him and be physical and try to get him in a fit, uh, you know penalty situations and stuff like that. So I don't know. I'm happy though that. They've actually like come out and played well and done what they're supposed to like we're saying Toby back to back 20 point games like um you know Harden obviously doing a lot Maxi like he's been the second game obviously a little bit more but so there's still like areas where they can improve but overall though they've definitely come out and you know been dominant and really took it to the nets yeah, I mean, they also just seems like most of the time they're just out hustling. Like, here's where the world really gets to see P.J. Tucker. I mean, we've seen him on those Rockets teams. Just the offensive rebounds, the scrappiness, the running all around the court. Like, there's just a lot of, 
I mean, it's not like there's big numbers from anyone. It's there's been low lower scoring games. Last game they only held the Nets to 84 points, so it's just been a, like a complete team effort, not just like your normal like Embiid, Maxi, and Harden each drop 30 every game. Yeah. And offensive rebounds is such like a key thing. Like I hate during the regular season, which people just run away from the ball the second it hits the rim. And it's like, get that rebound and get those points because people aren't going to like totally hustle. So that's definitely the difference. Yeah. It feels like the Sixers are beating the Nets at their own game, playing, you know, deep and having everyone be effective. That's how the Nets would have to win. And the Sixers are doing that, just doing it even better. Yeah. I mean, I do have to give a shout out to Mikel Bridges, just going lights off um the man like i mean he was still developing and he was young in phoenix but now that he has like the complete green light it's just i'm sure that there's fans in those sixers seats these past two games just wondering where zyre smith is and what he's doing yeah it's tough to and it like especially um you know he went to villanova and everything so the local roots and his mom worked for the 76ers so there's just so much of like, I uh, wish well, he was a sixer and now he has to play them and the playoffs, obviously. And it's just tough because I don't know. And he actually like, he hasn't missed a game in his career. Did you guys know that? I I did see that he checked in at the end of the season. I saw he played 83 regular games this season yeah. because of the trade, but yeah. I didn't realize he hasn't missed a game at all. He was a little hobbly last game, but he didn't even sub out at that point. So I think he was just a little shaken up. No, he's literally like Thad Young durability. Yeah, I saw ESPN like had just him a like tank. The NBA's Iron Man or something. Yeah, but. he like it's crazy because that goes back to even college, I think. So it's not just the NBA. Dang. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. it's cool to to see players like that. I mean, you can just tell he wants to compete. Yeah, um, load load management does not exist with him. No, no, and I will, I will. Um, Cam um, Cam Johnson. I'm sorry, has been playing really well too. So far, my favorite 76er moment this playoffs was not Joel Embiid getting dunked on by Cam Johnson. That pissed me off to no end. But it was a couple minutes later in the game, Mikel Bridges was about to do the same thing, slam, cram one home. And Embiid, instead of just kind of letting it happen, he went up for the block again, and he stuffed the heck out of Bridges. And – I mean, all great shot blockers get dunked on. Whenever MJ finally dunked on Matumbo, it was like he climbed Mount Everest. Like, it's going to happen. And the fact that MD, yeah. like, a few plays later, that was just, oh, man, I loved it. I loved it. Yeah. yeah he's got that closer mentality. Like, you got me this time, but the, I'll get you the next time when it's more important. Yeah. No, and just to touch on my Knicks real quick here, um, you know, they're up the series one, one right now, and they had a pretty rough game last time. And I think one thing that stands out to me is RJ Barrett's shooting woes. Um, I love RJ, but he has just not played well. Um, he's six for 25 combined in the first two games. And the Knicks is a team. They shot 27% from three in their win and 24% from three in their loss. So they need to at least be shooting 35% or something. Um, I know they're not a great three-point shooting team in general, but that was kind of tough to watch. And then last game, they're down by like 20 with three minutes left, and you still have all five of your starters in. And <laughs> and they never – and they, they kept them in basically the whole game. Like, 
people like Derek, like Derek Rose, Fournier never even got in the game, even though they were down by 20 with like two minutes left. Miles McBride, who was like the lone guy, got three minutes. And everyone else, it was the like seven-man, eight-man rotation stayed in the game. So I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> Tommy. That's a brutal. Yeah, that's – I mean, we can go back to talking about your Knicks, but that's just such – I mean, I was kind of salty with Rivers, Doc Rivers keeping the Sixers in last game a little extra minute or two, but – he ended up subbing them all out. But, I mean, to talk about your Knicks, between R.J. Barrett, 6 for 25, their terrible shooting. They haven't had a home game yet. They split in Cleveland. I mean, they can't play – like, R.J. can't play worse than he has. And, I mean, Brunson – I mean, some of these guys have some experience. They've been a couple first-round, second-round playoffs. I, I feel like overall – you can't be that mad at the situation, right? No, no. And I, you know, RJ, even though he had a shooting was in game one, he had, you know, four assists, six boards, four steals. Like he did contribute in some other ways. Um, but to get one in Cleveland, I think they're they're definitely playing good defense. They just got to figure out a way to shoot the ball because the Cavs are going to start shooting better. And the Knicks just the, the three point percentage is in the toilet right now. But 1-1, going into New York, MSG, they should at least get one. So hopefully we can get, you know, a good game six and game seven. I expect this one to go at least six games. I feel like Donovan Mitchell's going to pop off in New York just because. Yeah, it feels like. Cavs, yeah. yeah, it feels like he's from New York. The Knicks were like the team that it seemed like he would go to and then went to the Cavs. Yeah. So I could easily see him dropping 50 one of these two games at MSG. The Nets strategy against the Sixers, it's kind of like make someone else beat you. The Cavs are kind of a weird four seed. Would you rather have Mitchell pop off and you kind of just like let him have his and win the game? Or do you do you like how like the Nets approach? Like, would you rather the Knicks do more of that with Mitchell? Try to shut him down completely and make other guys beat you. No, I don't think Mitchell not that I don't respect Mitchell's game. I just don't think he's that dominant player yet that you need to like give the Embiid treatment. Like, I mean, Embiid, especially the year he's having, is just absurd. And I don't think, I know Mitchell can drop 50, 60, obviously 70 because he did it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I don't think he's still going to take some bad shots and not shoot as well. So I think what they're doing now is fine. And because, I mean, last last game they lost by 20. It wasn't even Mitchell. It was Garland who went off. So. Yeah, I feel like that's the key, though. If Cleveland's going to win, they have to get scoring from like multiple positions. But for the Knicks, just close yeah. it out. And if you if you like get with Mitchell, then, you know, take your odds with everyone else. Yeah, I will say it's really cool to see the Knicks and a legit seven game series in the playoffs, even no matter what happens, because it's been a while for them. Um, they were in the playing game a couple of times and they just haven't been in a legit seven game series in a semi winnable matchup. I wouldn't be too stressed about Garland. He just seems like a a volume shooter. I don't know. He just loves just chucking them <laughs> up. I mean, and the Cavs don't have a ton of three point shooting, which is big in today's. We got Danny NBA. Green down there. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> he had some minutes last night. He hasn't played in like I feel like I guess since last year, and when he got hurt in the Sixers. Yeah. Didn't play like all year. Yeah, I mean they had Lavert play really well off the bench too. I mean, 40 minutes off the bench, but still. I mean, he's – yeah, 
Levert's mm. another guy. He's, a, I mean, they basically have like a bunch of bigs and then just two volume shooters like that just like to get chuck them up. Yeah. Don't forget about Seti Osman. <laughs> it's your oh, guy. Oh gosh, it's not my guy. <laughs> guy. No, but yeah, I mean, we're both pretty good. We're both pretty hyped with our team's positions. Yeah. But um, yeah. kind of before we dive into the rest, I got a little Rapid Ryan segment here, a little new segment I'm pulling out. Um, I don't know if you guys are ready for this or not. You better be ready. So basically, um, here's how it's going to work for all of our fans out there, listeners. Chase, bang, get ready. I got five questions about the other NBA teams, matchups, players. It could be kind of anything. And I'm going to give you guys a minute total. Um, and you basically are just going to have to hash it out and give your point. It's not an, it's not an argument, but just kind of, you know, you only get a minute. So okay. be ready to make a quick and, you know, confident point here. All right. Or just throw something out there. All right. Are you, are you guys ready for the first one? Yeah. Are you, like, pitting us against each other like a Skip Bayless? No, no, no. Oh, God. <laughs> no, no. There's, no. This, there is no – I mean, these are just very open questions. I just want to see, like, a quick – unscripted take on what okay. you guys have i'll take the opposite side of chase all right ben all right i like it i like it all right chase are you ready over there for the first question ready i'll read the question and then we'll start are the sacramento kings this good up two games to none against the defending champs go i think so also golden state's not a very good war uh road team so we'll see how they fare uh going back into into uh you know, Oakland to play in Golden State at home. Obviously, have the Draymond Green situation. He's out for a game now, one game suspension. But we'll see if the hype's real. If the Kings win, if they get one game there, I feel like they're, you know, they're in a good spot. They'll be up. Yeah, I didn't think the Kings would do this. And I I, I think the Warriors are still going to take the series. I don't I don't think the, uh, the Kings are going to be able to close out, especially in Golden State. I think the pressure's going to get to them. And I think the uh, Splash Brothers are going to deliver. Yeah. I mean, if their goal is to take out Draymond for like the entire series, then yeah. <laughs> yeah, those, those are good takes. And I mean, not that I want the Warriors to win, but they are one of those teams that you can't sleep. I'm not going to go as bold as Ben and say they're going to still win the series, even though we all we all pick them um, in our brackets. But yeah. it's I mean, they have plenty of experience and yeah i mean obviously this is a must win game three it'll basically determine um if the kings will have a solid chance to win or not but um all right all right yeah you guys you guys clean house on that all right all right rapid ryan question number two are you ready ready do the miami heat have a chance to win this series even after hero broke his hand go I don't think so. I don't think they have a chance at all. If they win a game, it's purely on the fact that Milwaukee comes out and has a terrible shooting night. But overall, I don't think Miami has a chance to like really competitively like win this series out. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna have to agree with Chase on this one. I think you know, obviously, some of that Giannis is also questionable, um, but I think the that's a big, big loss for them and just really just cuts off their depth. So. I think the Bucks are going to take the series. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, good takes again. And Jimmy Butler, for some reason, his like best games are game one sometimes, <laughs> and so 
I mean, I, I didn't really think about it. I guess the hardest matchup for the Bucks were the Heat out of all those playing teams, and you have Jimmy Butler to deal with, but Tyler Hero's out now. Um, so subbing Duncan Robinson, who can't play defense. Uh, I, I kind of agree. I don't think they have much of a shot. Worst contract in Heat history. <laughs> oh. I forgot about his contract, actually. All right, all right, question three. You ready, Chase? Yeah. Is Draymond Green the dirtiest player in the NBA right now? Go. I'm going to have to say, yeah, based off his current track record and the way he just always seems to find himself in trouble. He's almost like the John Jones of Vegas of the NBA. He just can't seem to get himself into the game and keep his hands off of people and keep his foot off of people's chest. But at the same time, Saponis did grab his ankle. So I can see him like going to stomp down and then just like getting a little more. But I don't know. It's a Michigan State way. Yeah, I mean, I think right now in the NBA, he is the dirtiest player because you don't have any guys like um, Ron Artest or Dennis Rodman in the league. <laughs> um, so I think he's it, and especially with the way the NBA is. Um, I'd like to say, like, Dennis Brooks, but he's just all talk. Oh, you Dylan yeah, Brooks? Oh, Dylan Brooks. Yeah. Yeah. And his twin brother, Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> no, Draymond's one of those players that he kind of – he has to play that way to be in the league. I, I get that. But he literally, whether Sabonis grabbed his ankle or not, Draymond Green literally Ndamukong sued this man on an NBA court and just casually just smashed his chest. Yeah, like, sure. luckily, Sabonis, Sabonis had to get multiple. He got tests done. Uh, he got x-rays done. They were negative. He had to get more tests just to, like, make sure he was, like, didn't have, like, a lung collapse, like, I mean, he, I don't know. The way he was like there it made it seem like he, like, Draymond just, like, went up and then just came, like, straight down on him. I was like, okay, he put his, like, foot down on you, but. Yeah, yeah, know. true. It's I mean, just, it wasn't, like, a UFC stop or nothing. Jordan Poole's probably low-key hype. You can get more minutes now, and him and Draymond, I feel like, don't even get along. Oh, yeah. That is an interesting real dynamic. All right, all right, question four. You going to go first, Ben, on this sure. one? Sure, yeah. All right, are you ready? All right, question number four. Will Jamal Murray become relevant again in this playoffs? I'm going to say yes, just because I think I think they're going to win this first round, and I think when they get to the second round, obviously if they have the Clippers or um, the Suns, they're going to have to put up some huge games, and I just don't think Jokic is going to be that guy. I think Murray can actually be the guy in the playoffs. Jokic could have his triple-double, but he's not going to put up these clutch shots that Murray has done before in the playoffs, and I think he is that player that can perform in, under the spotlight. Yeah, I think he's a little bit streaky, but when he gets hot, I mean, he can do, like, circus-level stuff, and especially before he blew his knee out. I mean, he was doing, like, all kinds of crazy stuff. Uh, I forget which playoff run that was. I don't know if that was the bubble or the year before, but... I think... It one of them might have been the bubble but he had he had a run in another one too yeah but anyways we've seen it before so i i mean it could happen i mean he's just kind of like a ticking time bomb when it comes to scoring so yeah yeah i can't remember which playoff run that was either but him versus donovan mitchell i just remember that series was wild and he was like low-key the number one and then he basically got a bunch of injuries and Jokic won a bunch of mvps which yeah Almost made them seem scarier, but I mean, at this point, 
I mean, we'll see. We'll see. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't mind Murray. So I would, I'm rooting for the guy to play well and hopefully he can get his legs back under him and show kind of the world that he's relevant again. Yeah. But all right. All right. Last question. Who want, who wants to go first here? Ben, you want it again? Will the Boston Celtics sweep the Atlanta Hawks? Go. I'm going to say yes. Um, I don't think this is a hot take, but I think Trey Young is one of the most overrated players in the NBA right now, just in general. I don't think – I think there's this – the again, it's the bubble season, and he, he's been compared with all these guys and compared with Curry, and I don't think he's nearly as good a player as people thought he was or is right now. So I think the Celtics are going to take care of them easy, and it's not really going to be a series. Yeah, I agree. I think the Celtics just are on the championship mindset. So I feel like and they're built for this too. So the Hawks, they're a nice story. Obviously, they had enough wins to make it in the playoffs and then have a good uh, play and win. But I don't think overall their talent can match up really against Boston. So I'd be if they get a win, like I said, it's gonna be like the same thing where you know the Bucks don't come out and shoot. So if the Celtics don't come out and like clean it up, obviously they'll lose yeah yeah i kind of agree it's just crazy i mean granted the year the hawks went to the conference finals was when they beat the sixers in the second round but even that conference finals against the bucks they won two games so they i think they might have beaten the knicks in the first round i can't remember their first round series then they beat the sixers in the second round and then they went and won a couple games against milwaukee and they virtually have a pretty much the same roster. I mean, a couple guys in and out, but yeah. Also the Celtics are probably better now than they were from a couple of years ago too, but overrated tray, baby. Yeah. But, He's an ice bag instead of an ice tray. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, yeah, yeah. I like that. Was, yeah. I, that was fun. Yeah. That was fun. And I mean, we didn't even get to touch on two of the bigger series out West, which is the Clippers on the Suns and then the Lakers and the Grizzlies. So, I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of takes there. I wanted to dive into them a little more um, so than just a rapid question. But this Clippers Sun series is – it's been wild so far. And, boy, there's some stars on the court. Yeah, it's it's loaded. It's a loaded matchup overall. And I think it's what we thought it was going to be when we were previewing our brackets and, you know, talking about that matchup specifically because – it's unfortunate how like the matchups happen, but it's a great it's a great one, obviously, and we get to see it unfold. And Kevin Durant, obviously, Paul George banged up, but Kawhi out there reclaiming his name in the playoffs. So if you forgot about him, there he is. Yeah, basically, like what you said, Chase, it's a shame that this round this is the first round. Like this feels like this would have been a fantastic series if this was like the conference finals. Um, like these both these teams, I would be like a great matchup. And it feels like whatever team comes out of this is going to go far. So it's been an exciting, exciting series. And this, the only thing, like you said, Ryan, last week is if this does go six, seven games, how tired are these guys for the next round? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, Denver took care of uh, Minnesota pretty easily in game one. Uh, We'll see how that series goes. I mean, Minnesota's kind of weird. Denver will probably get through five if not a sweet so all those guys are gonna be nice and well rested and this this Clippers Sun series I mean you got 
Kawhi and Westbrook, who is basically lost in LA, his they're both just completely turning back. I mean, Kawhi's clock isn't done, but Westbrook's had some really competitive yeah. games and minutes in these first um, couple games. Um, and then you got KD and Devin Booker, CP3 on the other side. I mean, there's just like some future Hall of Famers all over the place. And I mean, it's a shame Paul George isn't playing, but I mean, even with that, I still think the Clippers are going to win the series. I Obviously, I picked them to go to my finals. You both picked the Suns. Uh, it's it's a hype series just to watch, just the pure talent all across the board, though. Yeah, it's cool to see Russ playing back to, you know, what he, he was a couple of years ago. I mean, he's having good games and a, more efficient games. Um, like, I think it was 9 for 16 last game, which is normally when he shoots 16 times recently, he's been like 4 for 16 or something. And so to see him have an efficient, pretty – pretty good game for his team was, was cool yeah, yeah i mean he was a record-setting mvp player and it's hard to it's hard to you know remember that earlier this season he was like struggling on a lakers team and you know that part of like was this season too so that's it's you know it's crazy to see that he you know found his stride and obviously he's playing in a, one of the most important playoff series in, in the entire playoffs yeah yeah and i mean there's these lakers rosters the past few years have been weird it always seems like lebron gets a weird group of guys but la is so dysfunctional i mean granted they won game one but it does it it makes sense why russ like couldn't kind of find a groove there and he's been able to on a clippers team that's been a little dysfunctional too but um he's kind of found a nice starting position there but yeah lakers lakers win game one and i know ben picked them to win the series and jaw went sky high and came crashing down on his fingers, which was a little sketch um, already without Steven Adams and Brandon Clark. But I mean, this is, this is, this is a, a weird series. It kind of seems like the Lakers are just like in control now, but you know, Dylan Brooks is going to start talking. So, Oh yeah. You know, it's far from over at this point, but yeah, it is a little bizarre how like LeBron, is like gonna carry the team, but also needs like other people to do it. And the people he entrusted to do it, I'm like a little questionable. You know what I mean? Like overall, like AD, you can't really rely on for a whole entire game, let alone an entire quarter. Yeah. And then past that, it's like okay, it's basically just like some free agents or guys that we found to rely on. You know, they're lucky. I think they've gotten a lot of scoring. You know, from people that really weren't expected to be putting up numbers that they were. Really. So. <laughs> Yeah, really, and Austin, like, you know, okay. He took yeah, over like, the – he took over – if you watch the game, he took over that game in the fourth quarter when it was a one-point game before the Lakers went on their 15-0 run to end it. It was 113-112, and the Lakers ended the game on a 15-0 yeah. run. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And LeBron needs that if they're going to survive because he can't do it alone anymore. Yeah, I mean, Roy was kind of cool to see because – he was like taking a backseat on some of those Wizards teams the last couple of seasons. Austin Reeves kind of pissed me off. He was like, he was like at the one point, he was like, oh, I'm here. I'm here. It's like, you know, I know you're here, bro. Yeah. Like, oh, I wish Draymond was there just to stop him in the chest. Keep that energy down. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. Chase, that might have been too soon, but I'm okay with it. It's never too soon with Draymond Green. He only has a one game suspension, so get over it. That's true. I think the Lakers, though, were in a good position. I mean, I like them from the start just with 
Braun in the playoffs. I think he has another run. And, you know, it is sketchy with John. He's just a little careless with his body. And at some point he'll figure that out, hopefully, so it doesn't become Derrick Rose. Not too soon, sorry. No, no. He's like, I mean, he's more athletic than Derrick Rose, I think. So he's... Was, Derrick Rose is pretty athletic. And no, like... I know. I mean, I guess we're like just pure like... Yeah, it's true. Derrick Rose was pretty athletic. When he was like in his like first couple of years, he was oh, yeah. high flying. That's why Morant reminds me of Rose and it's just sketch a little well, bit. Well, Morant sometimes seems when he's on the court, he's more... He's less caring. He's even more or less caring than Derrick Rose was. And Derrick Rose put him in a in a bad spot, you know. Um, I mean, when Morant makes those plays, it's literally like nothing better in the NBA. And it's just, I mean, sometimes you have those scary falls. It wasn't dirty at all. It was clean. AD came over. Actually, it was an offensive foul, and it, it was a good call. But – I mean, this game was really weird because first off, AD saying I, I can't move my arm, and then comes out and plays their whole second half like nothing. Yeah, like nothing happened. Yeah, and then the Grizzlies side. I mean, minus Morant, Jaron Jackson Jr., who we always hype up, doesn't get enough shots ever. They just let him go off this game, and I mean, I'm not that surprised. Um, the one thing though, I will say to look out for. Then I don't know how many games you think the Lakers are going to win this in, but Desmond Bain, he shot three for 10 from three land. And there were some open looks he missed, but he's actually right now in playoff history, he has the highest three point percentage ever going into that game. It was 49% minimum hundred attempts, but so he's making almost half his threes and they didn't fall that game for him. So, I mean, it's something to look out for is Desmond Bain shooting coming forward. If, if he gets back on track, it's going to be a little bit different of an outcome. But I don't know about how many games. How many games do you think the Lakers are winning? Six. Six? Okay. Yeah, is he still think the Grizzlies can win? Well, if Moran hurt, it makes it a little sketchy. But I don't know. I like I like how deep they're, they are, though. And I don't think the Lakers can, like, it's going to take a lot. I don't know. If they pull it off, I would be... Surprise, I guess. Yo, I mean, Tyus Jones, I didn't like him on Duke, but he is a legit backup point guard. Like, he just plays point guard the right way. I I love watching him play, too. So I don't know if Tristan Thompson is going to come out there and drop a 20-point game. Like, I don't know if that's going to be a thing. (laughs) But I feel like the Lakers might need that. Yeah, no, I mean, it's the playoffs have just started. I'm super salty about all the injuries already. Um, I didn't do the math, but it seems like at least half the team's had a starter go out at one point, if not more. I mean, hopefully Giannis can come back. Hopefully Moran can come back. You never like to see teams win series against a not a full strength team. Um, Tyler Hero is basically done unless the Heat go on a run and make it to like the finals. Not that he's like the number one guy there, but yeah. I mean, I wonder if it's partially because of this week off. I don't know, but. It just makes me frustrated. And I mean, NFL, it's, it's crazy with injuries. NBA probably wouldn't be as crazy, but there's so many games and just, oh, why can't round one just be best of five? It's just like stupid. Yeah. Yeah. I almost wish a team would just fix the game and lose on purpose so they can end the series. 
Loki, like, I mean, I don't think a team's ever come back 3-0. Maybe first round or even first and second round, it would be kind of cool if the NBA did something where if you won the first three games, you win the series. Yeah, just an outright. You like like a it's like kind of like a mercy rule in baseball, but in like a series, like because no one's ever come back 3-0. If it's the first or second round, like because it's hard to beat a team four times in a row. So a lot of times what happens is you go up 3-0, you lose the game because the other team's at home. So they win one game and you have to play another game. Now there's more chances for injuries. Um, I wonder if that's something, at least in the first round, even maybe first or second, if Adam Silver in the league, if you guys are listening to this, I just came up with this idea on the top of my head and I am very happy about it. If you're up 3-0, you win the series. Move on to the next round. Yeah, especially early on in the playoffs because you're going to be playing like a lesser team talent-wise. And like you said, it seems like it's going to go minimum of five. So, yeah, I like that rule. All right, let's pass it. All right, we'll submit it. Yeah. pass it. All in favor, say aye. Aye. (laughs) It's just, I mean, when you think about it, like 82 regular season game, let's say you played four series that all went seven. That's 100 games. No, more. That's 110 games, excuse my math, that you're playing. And a ton of competitive basketball in the playoffs. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Or just shorten the regular season and then, like, take 10 games off the regular season. Yeah. So I feel like that the point, like, if you're, like, especially because they're going to be having this problem of, um, people resting and load management and stuff like that. So just shorten the regular season, then and make the playoffs. We keep it the same then. All right. Well, yeah. And the NBA in general has just been, it's really been fun to watch these playoffs and um, some non NBA stuff. There was some pretty crazy incidents that happened in Shanghai. Chase, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Over in the CBA, they're also in their uh, playoffs series right now. And the Shanghai Sharks are under investigation for possibly fixing one of their playoff games. And on the Shanghai Sharks, they have Eric Bledsoe and Michael Beasley, former (laughs) NBA players on their team right now. So you think they wouldn't have to do that, but you know what? Money over there is good. So I drag it. Yeah. No, I just, I'm sorry. I could not believe Michael Beasley and Eric Bledsoe. Like those names just, I didn't even know they were still playing basketball. Just chilling over there. I had the opposite take. I thought Eric Bledsoe was still in the NBA. So <laughs> I thought he was too, to be completely honest. I guess I was thinking of Eric Gordon maybe, but Eric Bledsoe was, wasn't he just the tank who just bulldozed his way in and finished like every layup ever? Yeah. When was with the Bucks like recently, I think, yeah. right? Like maybe he's like, two years ago? He's like who Dennis Smith Jr. strives to be. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so Michael Beasley and Eric Bledsoe were on the Shanghai Sharks, and they were losing, so they had to yeah. make sure they won the game. Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean well, to so cut he, you off with your story. No, it's okay, it's a, this is what happened. The Dragons were leading at 196 with less than two minutes to go, but the visitors then committed five consecutive turnovers, leading to a 10-0 run from the Sharks, who eventually won 108 to 104 to clinch the series two to one and reach the quarterfinals. So actually, their team won. They didn't lose, but the so, other team. So the Sharks basically just paid the Dragons a ton of money to blow it. Possibly, who knows where the money's coming from? Oh my god! Or you think like some government stuff? I don't know. It's hard to tell. I mean, 
Or is this just someone had like a parlay and they needed it to hit? <laughs> I mean, they must have a lot of money on that parlay. We're about to get censored in China hard. Oh, especially because I dumped all over their World Baseball Classic team, which I'm not <laughs> sorry for, by the way. Super yeah, they embarrassing. Were, they were garbage. Yeah, gar- straight garbage. Like, I, we should look up to see if anything happened to any of those baseball players because some of them might be missing at this point. We'll but investigate anyways. that. We'll get yeah. back to you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Stat guy. <laughs> but also, uh, we were talking about Yao Ming the other week, and he's the commissioner of the CBA. So he had to step in and uh, gently remove the GMs and coaches of both teams. I thought he was just... Didn't we look it up and he was just, like, farming? Yeah, I thought that's what said, too. And then this, this from a tweet, literally said that... That's why Yao Ming was the commissioner. First, first of all pumped about Yao Ming being the commissioner dude was like one of the first like Asian sent players ever to come over and like legitimately dominate in the NBA so glad that he's able to kind of give back to his home country second so basically there was just an accusation that came out and so he went and just fired a bunch of important people is that what happened uh well he's actually the chairman he's not actually the commissioner oh, he's the but chairman. yeah it seemed like he had a some sway in having these people removed so to keep the integrity of their game respectful well good for him yeah i mean i guess he down i guess he has enough money where it's not as big of a deal but if he's just a chairman maybe he just farms for like nine months out of the year and it's just like okay important cba playoff game time yeah i'll show up and basically make shit happen if you need to I mean, I guess he could just have both. I mean, look how many things Shaq does. He's literally a DJ on NBA TV, does the TNT stuff, like whatever other businesses he does. So he's probably, yeah, if he just has those two jobs, like he probably has a ton of other time to still do things. There's there's still just like battling, like in China, Yao's like on every commercial, like Shaq is. Yao's like a DJ in China. (laughs) Shaq is. Yeah, they had- yeah, I was doing the general car insurance commercials <laughs> and gulp on foot powder. Oh, that was a cool story, Chase, though. I did not know any of that. So that yeah. was cool to hear for the first time. And it's um, tough because I'm always worried that stuff coming out from there is not true. So it was hard to t- actually fact check this, but I'm pretty sure it's true. Yeah. I mean, if if it's not, someone can tell us, but I don't know if anyone's going to do that. You know, even if it was not true, it's still a good story, and I buy yeah. it. I mean, it's like Dwight Howard being in Disneyland. Like, obviously, it's yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, obviously, he was there. He's there right now. He he might be back. He might, he might back. just have a residency there now. Yeah. No, I mean, probably living in the Magic Kingdom. Yeah. With his Del Crandall jersey on. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, speaking of Del Crandall um he was a he was a trivia question not too long ago and we haven't had any trivia in a while all right so i do have a trivia question for you guys and it has to do with a former mlb player who had a 12-year career so i'm just going to list off some stats and try to you know point you in the right direction to see if you can guess him i like this oh so it's kind of like that one game we played chase like smart ass so you're just going to start listing clues and we can just guess yeah, I'm just going to start listing off stuff, and then whenever you guys feel like you have a guess, then go for it. Oh, I'm going to destroy that. Are we going to play, like, the game where we only have one guess, and once you guess, you're out? Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I like that. that. Okay. All right. I need Ben to guess early in the mix. Oh, that's the key. <laughs> okay. 
So I was drafted in the second round by the Milwaukee Brewers in the 2004 MLB draft. I made my debut June 18, 2007 against the San Francisco Giants. And I got the win. Ryan Braun. Prince Fielder. No. Oh, right, we might as well just run it back and keep going since you're both out. Yeah, right. okay, okay, keep right. going. All right, all right, hold on. There's a the, uh, my guess was between Prince Fielder and Ryan Braun. <laughs> That's a lot. The number I wore throughout most of my career was number 49. I'm a pitcher, I'm also a starting pitcher. CC Sabathia. No. Oh. I played for the Milwaukee Brewers for eight years, the Texas Rangers for two, Cincinnati, Seattle, and Baltimore all for one year. Kevin Millwood? No. That's a good <laughs> guess, though. <laughs> all right, run it back. Keep going. Okay. All right, let me find another thing. Oh, wait, were you out of stats? Oh, no. I had, a, I had a little more, but they're, like, not – I don't think they're going to point you guys like closer in a way. Jonathan Broxton. No. That's start, you said starter thing. Yeah. Um, so I played from 2007 ben to Sheets. 2018. No, not Ben Sheets. 2007 to 2018? Yeah. You have to come okay. up with something else. <laughs> Chris Carpenter? No. no. I'm Mexican. Giovanni Gallardo. Yep. Nailed it. Oh, let's go. Ben, you finally got it. <laughs> I feel like four guesses. My next get, my next clue was going to be I was an All Star in 2010. My Dang. only All Star appearance. I was trying to think of Brewers. Oh man, that was really good. That was Chase. a good one. I like that. Yeah, that was a random out. one. We should do one of those each week, with like the kind of like the game. Yeah, yeah I like yeah, I like that a lot. Fun. All right, we'll do it. We'll book it. Yeah, I was hype. Yeah, well, I think. Um, you know, we we touched on a lot of NBA today, had some pretty cool segments, some cool trivia, and I hope you guys enjoyed. I think we're going to we're going to end it there and we had we had a lot of fun doing this podcast. Yeah, I just have one last take. Hurts' massive contract on the Eagles. I'm perfectly okay with it. The the Browns and Deshaun Watson broke the scale, but I think Hurts has proven himself worthy of this. Um He's just going to have to be able to win with not as probably a raw talent of a team as they've had the last year or so. No, I agree. And just last thing here, shout out to uh, Marcus Snyder, who uh, got a thousand subscribers on YouTube for his film feature 43 channel that does movies. So if you uh, you're listening, check that out. What's the channel again? Film feature 43. Film feature 43, our boy Marcus Snyder from across the pond. He's always doing some good movie reviews on the YouTube network. So check him out. Yeah, over 1K now. So congrats, Marcus. Oh, yeah. We'll get there one day. One day. But Oh, just real quick. Do you guys know about April 15th? No. No, it's like the worst day in history. Like so many bad things have happened on it. It was the day of the Titanic, the Boston Marathon bombings. Abraham Lincoln was assassinated. It's tax day. Literally the worst things ever. The only reason I ask is because of the Titanic situation. And I've heard that only the sharpest of sharp betters have money on the iceberg plus money against a <laughs> ship that could not be sunk. Wait, what? Odds <laughs> were. <laughs> Heard it was a plus 20.
I just, I just, no, I, I don't know. Do you want to wrap this up, Chase? I've been waiting for April fifteenth for the iceberg thing for like almost a year. All right. Well, we appreciate everyone listening. Don't forget, we are on Amazon Music, Apple Podcast, and Spotify, and some other random ones. But those three, check us out. Episode eleven is done. Ryan, Chase, and myself. See ya. Give us a follow. Peace. Later.